0: So
1: what could future you do with smarter financial decisions?
0: Compare and find smarter credit
1: cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply.
0: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized
1: recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Gretchen Rubin, and this is A Little Happier. I write and collect aphorisms, and I collect proverbs. I especially love the proverbs of the professions, and I've learned a proverb from computer programmer culture that I find myself quoting all the time. It's not a bug. It's a feature. This proverb is invoked by software developers when they argue that something that might be seen as a mistake or a flaw in their program is actually something useful, that it has been purposefully created to do. This turns out to be a surprisingly applicable idea for everyday life. It's astonishing how often something that can be considered a bug can also be considered a feature. And I've come to believe that we can also apply this proverb to our own nature, our own strengths and weaknesses. Maybe something that I consider a bug could also be seen as a feature, or at least I can work with it to turn it into a feature. I came across a great example of this kind of bug-into-feature adaptation in Finishing the Hat, the excellent memoir by Stephen Sondheim, the legendary composer and lyricist. In his memoir, Sondheim recalls an incident from 1971. He had agreed to give an ad-lib talk about musicals as part of the YMHA Lyrics and Lyricists lecture series, and he'd assumed that he'd be talking to theater students and practitioners. But later, He learned that actually he'd be speaking to a general audience who had a mild, not professional, interest in theater. He had no idea about how to organize his unstructured remarks to address an audience with a limited attention span for technical talk. He asked for advice from his friend, Arthur Lawrence, the writer, director, and producer. Arthur Lawrence had a great solution. He told Sondheim to take a pack of about 50 index cards and on each one write a topic of interest that could be answered with a few minutes of explanation. A topic might be something like the use of inner rhymes, or what was Ethel Merman really like? When he was in front of the crowd, he should shuffle the deck, choose one at a time, and answer each subject as it arose. He'd have time for about 15 to 20 topics. This approach would provide structure, it would allow him to discuss a variety of subjects, and, as Sondheim pointed out, it had the advantage of, quote, leaving me free to ramble, which is what I do best in public arenas. Now, I bet the audience loved this structure, which allowed Sondheim to speak naturally on a variety of different subjects about whatever interested him most, rather than deliver formal, prepared remarks. I've always thought this stack of questions idea was terrific, and I keep meaning to try it myself, as a way to give a more spontaneous, surprising, wide-ranging talk. And it occurs to me that what Sondheim did was to understand himself. He knew what kind of speaker he was, and instead of worrying about shoring up his weaknesses, he found a structure that allowed him to do his best. Instead of fighting against his natural inclinations, he worked with them. His loose rambling style wasn't a bug. It was a feature. I'm Gretchen Rubin, and I hope this makes your week a little happier.
0: If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know.